Hello and welcome to our podcast called Two Tassie Teachers Talking. I'm Adam James and with me is James McLeod. Good afternoon, James. Good afternoon, Adam. How are you? Oh, I'm very well, thank you, sir. I have to say, uh, with one week to go until we get back on campus as of time of recording, today is hard. I found today so much harder than I found many of the other days. I'm not sure exactly why, but gee, it's felt like an uphill battle from the get-go. Yes, it's a, been a strange time. It remains strange each step of the way, I think. And uh, yeah, returning to schools going to be a really interesting experience for us all. In the studio with me today, we've got a couple of junior school teachers. I'd like to welcome, first of all, to you, Ed Thompson. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you, James. How are you? Very well. Welcome to the podcast. And uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Alrighty. So uh, this is my second year teaching grade four at Hutchins. So I've got 25 kids in my class and their ages are, yeah, nine to 10. Nine to 10. Yes. Okay. And 24 students. And I've also got Scott Marriott. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, James. Yeah, welcome. Why do Hutchins pay you the big dollars that they pay you? Well, apart from my stunningly good looks, I've been told I've got a face for radio. I've got almost 20 years' experience at the school on and off, teaching years three, four, five, six in that time. Um, I'm currently teaching a year five class with my co-teacher, Amanda Berry. Um, We've both got young kids, so we've sort of found this time, I hate to use the word, this unprecedented time. Yes. That, yeah, it's been difficult. It's been interesting and challenging. Sort of team teaching in itself is already challenging, but at the moment, yeah, we've got our 21 uh, Year 5 charges, which we've enjoyed sort of catching up with every day. Okay, great. So, Adam, we've got yes. uh, we've got our junior school teachers here, and I, as you say, it's a very interesting stage of our time in isolation with, I think, the junior school returning to the campus next week as the uh, grade 11s will b- and 12s will be as well. Absolutely. That's my understanding. Fellas, are we right on the money there? Yeah, that, that's correct from what I, oh, I'm coming on Monday anyway and expecting to see oh, children. Brilliant. <laughs> yep, I'll be here as well. Can't wait. Brilliant. Excellent. And James, we've uh, we've neglected to ask you how you are. How are you, sir? Oh, I, I'm um, going absolutely brilliantly. I must admit, I got, got a little bit of a, a kick along there when I heard we were coming back to school. I'm, uh, as we've established before on this podcast, I'm a very old person and uh, have am sort of set in my ways. And while it's been a huge adventure, uh, home-based learning, uh, it's I'm, I'm glad that it's something that we'll be able to take learnings from, but that we don't we won't be doing for the rest of my career. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, fingers crossed pretty tightly there. Certainly, I hope that uh, this is a return back. But of course, when we come back, it might be school, but not necessarily school as we know it. I think there'll be uh, some some differences from what we would consider normal, even though we're we're back on campus. Oh, it's it's always interesting. Uh, so this year being the longest decade of the year, uh, fellas, how's the home learning experience going for junior school? I, I know straight away my boys, when they found out they were working from home, thought you beauty, um, as most nine and 10 year old boys would. They thought yep. no more school. Yep. But really, really quickly, they started to miss friends. Re- and it was, we have the, we use Google Classroom in three, four, five. And they really found that it was Google Meets that they started to look forward to every day. It wasn't the fact that they were at home. It was the fact that they could actually see their friends. Uh, so that was, that was our biggest thing straight away. We noticed that, that all that excitement really dropped off and they were just, the isolation hit them hard. So that was our, our biggest sort of takeaway was we needed to get this. So straight away we put a few things in to try and let them actually be able to see their friends and, and do what they could to 
to actually keep that socialising going. It was interesting. They yep. they lost it and, and didn't really know how to do it to start with and then they sort of found their ways and, and all of that. We were lucky though too, that we were given the time to, to prepare for, for going online into our environment and I think that the kids had almost two full weeks for those kids that were at school before the, the term break at the end of term one and whilst they were prepared for accessing documents, how to work on those documents, how to communicate in that sort of online realm, I still agree with Ed. I don't think they were prepared emotionally for that, um, the distance, the social, social distancing from their friends and only seeing them online was a, has come as a bit of a shock. Different teachers and different groups have done different things to try and accommodate for that, um, having face-to-face uh, meetings during the day or I know, Ed, you've got an interesting system with you and Caroline on year four and you actually sit with your guys, don't you, for big chunks of time and kind of pretty well have a virtual classroom that's available. Yeah, yeah. We, we found those last two weeks of term one, we, we didn't have as much face-to-face uh, and it was really the boys struggled. They, if they didn't have a question, it, you sort of forget how many questions you answer every minute in a classroom yeah. and, and without that, they really struggled. So uh, coming back to term two, we, we basically went with the idea of if we've got a class, we're online so that they can just quickly unmute their microphones and ask that question, get it fixed and then go back. And, and they've been a lot more efficient and, and working really well with that. It's interesting. Sometimes you'll sit there for quite a while with nothing and sometimes you'll be bombarded with questions all morning, but it's, it's been, it's been really good. And it sort of, we found that we just didn't feel like we were teaching properly if you weren't there. So straight away when we moved to that, it, it started working a lot better. Parents found that their kids weren't asking them as many questions and, and the boys were feeling like they were getting their questions answered straight away. So that was, that was really positive. Were they able to make, or are they able to make through that platform that you're using, are they able to make contact with each other during that time or are you sort of regulating that? It's very similar to like Zoom or Skype or something. So if yeah. they're all, they're in a little grid view, they can see everyone else who's there and one boy wants to talk to another, he just talks and it goes through every speaker. So they can talk to each other. You've sort of got to regulate that a little bit. Yep. Generally the rules in my class have been you're all muted unless uh, unless you want to talk to me. If you want to talk to your friends, that's done in outside of our, our normal class hours. So, oh, right. so yeah. we have recess and lunch and after school. We've set a set of rules that they have to abide by, but they can. They're using that. They use that platform to catch, to catch up, up with their mates. Yep. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. That's well, brilliant. Under an advice, we've sort of suggested that we try and maintain a, a regular timetable to help with that structure, just to helping kids get out of bed in the morning, you know, do their normal routine and provide some level of control and consistency with what they normally do um, in a time when they probably don't feel that, that level of control. So, yeah, we have got a, a before school session where the kids can have a bit of a socialise and a chit-chat and stuff and then they have a, a recess break and during that time if they want to, they could get online and, and have a, a social virtual chat. But some kids, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a little bit too much for them. Guys, I've, I've heard of something called the hidden curriculum. I'm not sure if you'd be aware of the term uh, and I should explain it in case our listeners haven't. But uh, in my understanding, the hidden curriculum is the stuff that you do that's not written in the curriculum documents. And, and this is a perfect example, I think, of that where the boys are socializing and that's a big part of school. I know uh, for my daughter, she gets lots of work assigned to her and we, we work through that, but usually takes two to three hours, but the school day is six hours or more. So, so how much of that social stuff that the boys really missed and noticed that they were, they'd lost, do you think is part of the hidden curriculum? I think it's a huge component. They talk about all the, the different needs and stuff. I was at 
Maslow's hierarchy, I believe, and one of those top things is to make sure that they feel, you know, loved and warm and cared for and fed. And the other thing that's high up on that list is to to, to socialise. We're humans and part of our makeup is to communicate and to talk and to, to seek people out. That's why we don't all sort of live spread out all over the country and we live in towns and cities. Work and stuff is part of that as well. We want to be able to communicate and talk to each other and sort of bounce off each other. Um, the year fives have started doing something called a club. So stepping away, I guess, from the curriculum, the Australian curriculum for a short while, trying to address that pastoral role of the kids having a chance to interact and see each other, opening it up. So each of the, the four year five teachers chose a different topic or a different club. We've got science-based um, magic, we've got pets, we've got Lego, and we've got a cooking class. So any of the kids in year five can join up to any teacher. It doesn't have to be their own. And part of that club is to try and help support and replace that recess and lunchtime for the kids to have a bit of a chat in either small groups or as a whole group and just do something that's fun and interesting and allow sort of that more informal interaction between staff and student that they normally get in the classroom. I don't know, as a teacher, I guess that's the bit that I enjoy the most is those incidental conversations you have with kids, not necessarily that sort of the dry curriculum but sort of building those relationships and um, having that communication, which I think hopefully will help when they come back to have those connections as well. Yeah, I definitely think that's in our class too. I know my class is a bit of a jovial class. We don't take things too seriously. And I try, I've tried to maintain that through the online online learning. I had a boy today who's a, he's a really avid Bulldogs supporter and every piece of writing he does, he's a famous Bulldogs, support, uh, famous Bulldogs player or, or something like that. And he was wearing a just a normal T-shirt today with a, a line on it. And I, I started to wind him up about about giving up on the Bulldogs and he didn't know what I was talking about. And I said, oh, what's your shirt? And it just for just for a couple of minutes and he was in hysterics. He was he was terrified that he thought I'd given up on his things and, <laughs> and he's, he's trying to correct me. He's like, no, 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 it's all right. I'm, I'm still with them. But And then some of the other boys chimed in and, and I just let that go and it was, it was really good to see them sort of just have something away from school that was right when I was supposed to be telling them what we're doing, but it was it was just something nice to see them. We'd normally have that in our class where it would happen a little bit. So those things, I think they are really valuable to just to know that even though it's we need to get this done, there's there's parts in it that it doesn't have to be done before you can do anything else. You can you can involve a little bit of fun as well. So do you think you've got a little bit better at that? And are you designing new things every week? to enable those sorts of things to happen? I think they're on the fly. I think yeah. I don't know. I think I do a lot on the fly with that sort of side of things. I like to be comfortable that I know what my day is going to do, but often they don't always work out that way as, as right. teaching is. But that side of things I like to think that I've always tried to pick one thing with each kid that I can have a, a good relationship about. Yep. So with that boy, his love of the Bulldogs, I know that's him. Um, I've got a few boys that are from farming families, so I grew up on a farm. I know that sort of close to me, so I, that's my link to them. And I've yep. got, I try to have one link with every boy that is is really clear and easy to talk about. And that just makes, if ever they need to stay in, finish a bit of work, or if they need to just have a chat, we can start with that, and that gets that that icebreaker going, and we we're good to go for for whatever we need to talk about after that, which which works really well. I probably envy that a little bit in the senior school, as you know, because you spent a bit of time yeah. coming into people's classes in previous years uh, as a TA. It, it is that it's a it's a finite time and then they're moving on to another class. And it's the same online, that we're taking the class, we're presenting the, presenting the work, and you still want to be just doing those things of commenting on, on the boy 
the thing you might know about a boy that you want to, uh, you know, see how they're going with. But it's just, I don't know, to me it seems a bit slow. It takes so much time and all of a sudden it's gone and also you're, we're holding the other boys, you know, on the screens as well. So I think what you have been able to do online with or with home-based learning is a, a brilliant thing, but it is taking you all day sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's yeah. pretty intense. I mean, oh, gee, I imagine it's really intense. With a normal timetable, you get your release time with your specialist subjects. So your specialist subjects are scattered through your week. And then we teach the core stuff to our boys. But what we're doing at the moment is we're having our core subjects from nine o'clock through to 12.30. So we, that's when we have a literacy block and numeracy block. And then we have a rotating science and the house, the social sciences. Social sciences, thank you. We alternate those. And sometimes it's an ongoing project that they can work on independently or it's a set task. All the year fives are all doing the same units of work. Some boys have got extension activities. There are some small groups that get support and there's teachers online available for them or the class teacher as well. But apart from that, during our normal at school face-to-face time, you might teach for a period, have a specialist, teach for two periods, have another break and you get your recess and lunch break as well. At the moment, you're not getting that release time. Yeah. You're signing on. I'm setting the work the night before and that's, I know the rest of the year five team are doing the same. You sign on the work the night before. You get online at 8.30 just to check that everything's working. You have your meeting at nine o'clock. You talk for 10, 15 minutes to the whole group, confirm everyone knows what they're doing. You might spend another 10 or 15 minutes working with a small group just making sure that they've got the the head start that they need and then your email gets bombarded with questions that come in from the stream um, in in Google Classroom and you're just constantly getting back to kids. And I said earlier, sort of at home with two kids um, at home under the age of four, you're coming to a meeting with a toddler on one leg and a three-year-old on the other and, you know, they're talking and I think that's something my kids are going to miss in my class is the connections they've made with those kids online. Yeah, right. They're not going to see them again unless they come in. Yeah. But, yeah, it's sort of – it is quite a, an intense period of time every day. Yeah, for sure. That does uh, – that, that's ringing some, bell with, some <laughs> bells with me, Scott. I, um, so I have a three-year-old and she's actually – back into full-time daycare today for the first time. And uh, we, were, we were worried actually that she would be nervous about that. Uh, obviously, this is in preparation for me coming back on campus next week. But uh, yeah, we we're, were a little worried about her not taking to that very well, but she is absolutely loving it. She's taking to it like a fish to water. Uh, she can see all her friends and she can do stuff because she's been stuck at home uh, with us. She hasn't had the the resources of schooling that her older sister has. Um, so there's content and curriculum for her older sister to work through. And in fact, she's in a classroom at the moment. But uh, the little one has just sort of been left a little bit bereft. And and as much as you know, you're trying to connect with them. I'm also, as you say, trying to connect with my year twelves and my year tens, and and then prepare something for the year nines, and then marking an assignment for the year eights and, and all that stuff. It's, it's really hard to mix in. Uh, and certainly my heart goes out to all the parents out there who have been at home with their kids, trying to work as well, trying to support the kids, uh, trying to make it all a meaningful and enriching experience. And, and actually you end up just slamming yourself. I've found that my most productive time has been at silly o'clock at night and I've been working way too late, but enjoying really the time with the kids during the day. Have you have you had similar sort of experiences? 100%. Yep. So yeah. we tend yeah. to make ourselves available for the kids during that sort of 9 o'clock to 12.30 time. 
which means that you can't really be doing any marking or sort of preparation work, which you would normally do during the day when the boys aren't there. And then in the afternoon, we tend to have meetings. So the specialists have been yeah. taking the boys from uh, 1 o'clock, 1.30 through to 3.30, and during that time we've got dedicated meeting and marking and planning time, but it does tend to still be answering emails and just supporting the kids. I mean, we're all teachers and we became teachers for a reason, and that reason is we want to make a difference. We want to form the connections with these kids and these relationships so that we can try and make a difference in their, in their learning, and you can't switch that off. It doesn't matter whether you're no. at home or whether you're on holidays. You know, as a breed, teachers care. And we just, yeah. Jeez, mate, those are some really wise words. Sorry, James, I think I spoke over the top of you there. Not at all, no. I was just uh, really loving hearing what Scotty had to say. And uh, I think, you, as you say, these are some of the things that perhaps translate from school, normal school, home-based learning. Uh, it's that idea. It's, 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 it's not the what, is it? It's we're just trying to work out the best way how. Is there anything from you guys could take from this revised timetable, for instance, that, that you'll take back to school when we hit the ground running next week back on the campus that, um, that, that you found is going to work better even in a normal classroom? I mean, going big, the boys have loved the structure that we've had to put in place. So straight away we had to put structure in because they were already in an unknown environment, so they needed to know that this was going to be the same every day and where to find things and how to do things. And so as Scotty said, we, we were lucky. We, I mean, I'd, I'd use Google Classroom all year before the pandemic came out and I'd used it all last year. And so we were all familiar with it. And so then it was just a matter of teaching our boys, what process are we going to do? And we had that time before we actually went home and, and that was gold. It, I mean, it, that was the main thing that our class found this quite easy because they'd, they were familiar with it. We'd started planning. We had a couple of boys dropping off from just parents selecting to take them home and keep them home. And that was fine. So we started to plan, all right, let's get the boys in class, basically doing the same thing as what the, the home learning boys were doing in anticipation that we were going home. And, and sure enough, we did. And the boys that went home on the Friday and, and then we were all at home on the Monday, there was no real difference for us. We were sort of, all right, we'll keep doing what we were doing. You were working on, on your computer as an online-based system in anticipation and that made it really easy. So I think that the sort of structure that we set up, if we could keep that going where at the, currently we have a literacy block in the morning and then they know that, that that whole block is literacy and they've got their activities and they know if they've got any other literacy stuff they haven't finished, that's what they'll be doing then. And they know straight away after recess, right, get your maths books, get all your maths gear that you need. We're doing numeracy until 11.50 or 12 o'clock or whatever we've set up. And the boys just know that and so they, they're right in the frame of mind, let's think, numbers, for example. So yep. they, they, I don't know, I found that they just know it. They, they love it. They, they know what to expect and, and they're right in there. So, I mean, if you could keep that up, they, and then by the time you end of that maths block or, and if you move on to your house and your science, they start, it's a full on morning so that they are oh, pretty worn out. Then moving into having a specialist in the afternoon, it's a completely different part of your brain that you're starting to use for those, a lot of those specialist classes. So while they might be tired from from a big morning of literacy and numeracy, they then start moving into, oh, we're thinking in a different way, we might be doing art or French or, or whatever. And if they then can have that in the afternoon, they seem to be reactivated because it's a different 
different sort of subjects. So they're not doing just normal sort of schoolwork. They they get spurred on to go again. Yeah, no, we've, I found the same thing with our guys. In an ideal world, to be able to keep the specialists in the afternoon would be fantastic so we could make the sort of the most of that morning time up until lunchtime with the kids and sort of try and maintain those energy levels and sort of the academia of it all. But, yeah, I guess when you, we've got four-year five classes, there's no way we're going to – I mean, at the moment – the specialists are giving things a red hot go. And I know that uh, one French teacher trying to teach 80 year five boys in an online environment well, is probably not <laughs> très bien. Man, no. <laughs> I can't. It's my best French. <laughs> yeah. And teaching art virtually as well and trying to make sure kids have got resources and stuff, bacteria, but doing an amazing job with that. But, yeah, now the boys have really enjoyed the structure of it and um, I guess we have too because it does sort of have some flexibility. So, I mean, the one thing I'm going to miss is just being able to walk into the kitchen and grab a coffee whenever I want one or to have the dog with me during the day is nice. Um, sitting in the sun for a team meeting on the deck and chatting with the boys sort of outside is fantastic. So we'll probably make more more use of the the wonderful grounds we've got here at school. Um because they are looking absolutely stunning at the moment. They've done a lot of work. And just to be able to get outside and chat with the kids if we can, sort of in the natural environment, might be something nice to do to carry forward. Yeah, and just not fall into those old habits of we need to be in class between 8 and and 10.25 and, and 10.50 and, and 12.30, those sort of things. We could easily fall back into those habits, but it's a good chance to say, well, this really worked well, so let's see how it goes at school. And I think too, trying to maintain the conversations that we've been having, sort of the pastoral-based conversations we've had with the boys, trying to keep that thread going. I mean, I know in the senior school they've got the the Ben Chuck Award, the Good Man Award, and I guess to me the underpinning part of that award in year 12, I believe. Yeah, 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 voted on by the year 12. Yeah, and that is what makes, we call it the Good Man Award, but what makes a good person, what what makes you a decent human being. Yep. Um, and I think communication is one of the strongest components of that and being a good communicator and being able to talk and articulate and sort of have empathy towards your peers and your friends and your mates. It's interesting looking at some of the social groups that have formed in the online environment between some of the kids that probably wouldn't normally interact in a classroom. They get given the opportunity but they would maintain it purely this is the activity and then we'll go back, go our separate ways. So we've already started conversations about think about people you're talking to online and you've been communicating with when you come back, let's maintain that. Let's come back together as a yep. group and let's be stronger than we were emotionally and socially when we left. Well, thanks very much, fellas. That is the end of our time together today on Two Tassie Teachers Talking. Listeners, if you'd like to get involved, have any questions or there's something that you'd like us to talk about, you can email us using podcast at hutchins.taz.edu.au. Next episode, we look forward to catching up with Fiona Moroni, the head of Year 8. Scott Marriott and Ed Thompson, thanks for joining us today, fellas. It's been great having you with us. Thanks Thanks for inviting us. Thanks for joining us, and we look forward to talking to you next time.